Tonight I'm wrapping up the series on how to be more spiritual. And tonight I want to especially talk to you, specifically talk to you about how that spiritual people know how to build a crew. They know how to build a crew. Every person in this room has some kind of entourage. Your people. Okay, there's some amens there. Lynn, is that you? And where's your entourage, Lynn? Is that your entourage over there? Oh, and on that side. Lynn's just very bubbly. Lynn has a gift. I don't know why she's not in full-time ministry. I think that's what she's supposed to be doing. But What's very disappointing sometimes about people's choices is that they build such bad crews that by looking at their entourage or crew, you pretty much know where their life is going. There's this saying that if you want to know how wealthy someone's going to be, look at the five wealthiest people in their lives. Well, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think that's very unrealistic, you know, to randomly go up to somebody with a BMW and say, can I be your friend because I've got a slot in my five people crew. I think that's very odd. But it is also very important that you choose your crew well because life, spiritual and otherwise, is a team sport. You're not doing it on your own. You were never called to do it on your own. In fact, God himself is three in one. The Godhead himself is a partnership of three making up one. God looked at Adam and said, it is not good for you to be alone. Jesus sent out the disciples two by two. And when Moses sent out the spies to look at the promised land, they went as pairs. I'm always amazed that people hope that their one choice, their spouse, will replace all the other kinds of relationships they need in their lives. That's not healthy. Your spouse can't be your partner and your pastor and your gym coach and your therapist and your financial advisor and your boss. Sometimes you can be one or two of those boss and partner. That does happen. No, wait, no, no, not in a nasty way. Like at work, like say. I wasn't making a joke about who wears the pants. Why, why are you going to think like that? There is no way of expecting that only one person would complete you in your spiritual journey. That's important to know because Jesus didn't suggest that and he himself was in a team, the 12 disciples, but was not married. I want you to know that you can get your mission done in life, happily, single. I'm going to say that again and get a louder amen. You can get your mission done in life, single, and married. If all the single people after the service, you could just meet with me afterwards. We're going to do some prophesying and some team assignment. Wow, okay. Um, in Luke, uh, big upon, uh, uh, Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the 72 and sends them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place that they are to go. And the reason why that's important is that it's safer 
to take a journey, spiritual journey, and build a life with people around you, and it is wiser to do that. I was going to say there's this old African proverb, because everybody else on YouTube says it's an old African proverb. Actually, I did a deep dive, and I couldn't find where it comes from. I just think it's so good that it's probably African. I've named it a popular proverb. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Shall we claim it as an African proverb? I think we're going to do that. Well, tonight my intention over the time I have with you is to share with you uh, four kinds of people you should have in your crew and to encourage you to be one of these people in somebody else's crew. But before I get to that part of the conversation, I do want to share, because we, we talked about this being a Heart for the House Sunday, a little about what Heart for the House is about. In our church, we get two kinds of financial support of the work of God. The one is a offering tithe. It's a kind of giving where you decide in your heart what you will give every month. And we receive it every week, and once a month we do the giving prayer over it, and it's anonymous. And each person in our church who considers themselves part of the family makes a, a faith decision, and they commit to that as part of their generosity. And everybody said? Amen. Okay, good. So you're still with me, and you're okay. You're not, you're not panicking. There's a second kind of giving, and, be, and before, let me tell you how it happened, then I'll tell you how we, how we implemented it. It's called Heart for the House Giving. A few years ago, a businessman came, uh, five years ago, came to me after a service and said, if I had a million rand to give to the church, what would you do with it? And I didn't really have a plan. I just said, well, just give it, and then, and then, and then we'll work it out. Anyway, so he did. And then I realized, no, we, we've got to have a plan for when God wants to move big. What happens with some business people and different kinds of income generation is that you have a dividend declared at the end of the year, or you have a financial year end, and you say, well, it's been a good year, or I've got some extra, what can I do for the church? So we said, well, let's think about that, put it one side. Then, every now and then, the church has a need. You know, some projector breaks, or the popcorn machine isn't making enough popcorn. I don't know why I thought of that, I'm just, it's, it's hunger. Um, or, or, or the sound equipment gets too old and all that. And we just decided as a church we would never get up every couple of weeks and put up a picture and say, hey, everybody, we're trying to raise. Here's this thermostat. We're trying to get to 20 when the temperatures are. We'll just keep marking it. And every few weeks the pastor comes up and tries to sort of sell you on an idea. So here's what we decided we would do. Once a year, we'll put the wish list of what we need for the next year to grow the church and make a difference in the world. We'll upload it to the website. It'll be available from this week. And everybody who's got extra that they want to do something for the church, keep it for once a year and put it into heart for the house. And we'll take your generosity and the need and we'll just cancel them out. Can everybody say amen to that? We use it to plant churches. We use it to update things. We use it to make it. And we don't use it to operate. And so at the end of October each year, we close off the heart for the house season. For the previous year, we report to you how it went and we start the next cycle. Happy with that? Guess what? It's the last Sunday 
of October. We didn't talk about it during the pandemic because we just felt like that's not the time to be trying to build buildings and expand things when you locked it down. But I'm going to give you a report back, which I think is an absolute miracle over the last three years. And then starting today, invite you to be part of Heart for the House, if you would like. It's not your monthly giving. It's something over and above, as you wish. In 2019, this church contributed 908,000 rand into Heart for the House bank account. I would clap for that. I just think that's, you guys are outrageously generous. Of course, uh, uh, that it was also the year when the great plague began. And so the next two or three years has been during the pandemic. But in 2020, during the pandemic, this church contributed 801,000 rand into Heart for the House. Last year, 2021, this church contributed an additional 420,000 rand into Heart for the House. And in this last financial year with church reopening and us starting to see people gathering again, this church contributed 509,000 rand into Heart for the House. In addition to that, this church has a charitable foundation called the Lever Foundation. It's a foundation that runs projects like Coffee Barista Academy, Work for a Living, and Tangible uh, Coding, which is done uh, without uh, a, a digital uh, of, um, technologies, and um, is distributed now across uh, uh, the whole country and going into parts of the continent and other parts of the world. In, in fact, how's this Ryan? You guys may have seen Ryan. You'll see him on the clip. Uh, if you go watch the video, he has been invited by Henley, the inst institution that he did his MBA through, to attend, uh, to be formed part of a group of people accompanying Cyril Ramaphosa as he meets the new king. It's just a representative of South Africans doing things in the world. And he'll be in that group. I think that's amazing. We should yeah, celebrate that. But our charitable foundation called the Lever Foundation is also an equity partner in some businesses. Some of those businesses are in our church. Because our foundation is completely black-led and run, um, it is uh, able to be an equity partner in some businesses. And this year, those businesses issued further dividends of around 700,000 rand to the work we are doing. And in fact, is the source of purchasing our generators and all off-grid needs for this church will be arriving next week for 650,000 rand. In addition to this, and I didn't tell the morning service this, so if you could please just keep it to yourself. Uh, Heart for the House is, is done to a separate bank account. All our churches do it together. We have a little advisory team, um, uh, Leighton Ghos, Tommy LaRue, and Herman Moss advise us on best practice on where to invest and spread what God has put into our hands. But in addition to that, throughout this year, the first year post-pandemic, our monthly generosity or giving, the first kind of tithe, has been fully restored to pre-pandemic levels and on several occasions even broke those records. I want to acknowledge that. 
we believe God has set us up this year for something significant next year. We don't loosen our grip on God's purpose on our lives. We hold tight to what God has intended for us. And we start building big time from here. Can you say amen to that? One last thing. We planted some churches during lockdown. Got a building for Jeffreys Bay and a building for Kericha. In fact, today celebrates two years of that building in Kericha. And in 2023, we will be establishing and planting fully a church in the city of George and working towards finalizing one in the town of Amemzim Toti, KZN, North Coast. I hope that helps you see a picture bigger than a room because God is at work. And I personally believe the answer to uh, the, the problems of the soul of a country and its people is Jesus Christ. I watched the coronation of the king of the Zulu nation uh, yesterday and um, it was fascinating to watch. I saw in the comment section how wild people are. People are wild in the comment section. But what surprised me so much is resistance to a Christian prayer being prayed that people want to shake off the, 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 the Christian cloak over our country, claiming that it has been nothing but harmful and brought under ulterior motives. We have a lot of work to do to build a genuine, authentic community of believers that crosses lines of race and wealth and language and education and teaches us that we are one in Christ. And there is no other kind of blood that connects us as well as the blood of Jesus Christ. So get involved. Okay, I've got about 10 minutes to share four types of people you need in your crew so that you could be spiritually strong. The first kind of person I think I want to share with you that you need to have in your crew is a person or people who show up. People who show up. I wrote an article recently for the Herald. I'm not sure if anybody reads the newspaper. But they ask me to write one every couple of months I wrote an article there. I think Azola is here in the service. I don't want to embarrass Azola too much. Where are you, Azola? Somewhere. Oh, there you are. There you are. Did you read that I wrote about you in the newspaper? You didn't know, eh? You didn't know. I wrote nice things. This is the wrong age group for the newspaper. It's a morning service. I'm going to convert it into a TikTok post later. Then you're going to see what I have to say. Uh, one of our elders is a lady called Tuaeta. Tuaeta was a student when I was pastoring a student church. Azola did his thing that his culture does to become a man. That's as far as I'm going to go. Tuaeta phoned me. She said, Azola respects you and you can't just send him an SMS congratulating him. That's a white thing. You must show up. You must dress up. You must come with a gift. You go to the house. You greet the elders. You sit. You don't touch because there's a period of becoming a what-what. 
and you are present. I think that's something we can learn from one another. Local culture, Tosa and Zulu culture, very good like that. Show up. I think we've got to have people who show up. When you text someone and say, I'm broken, I'm down, I'm sad, it's great to get a meme back. But you know what's even better? What you're doing tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., I'm picking you up, we're going to take a walk on the beach, we're going to pray, I'm going to drop you off. What are you doing? I don't feel like it, I'm, I don't care, I'm going to be at your house, I'm going to hoot until your neighbours come out. Don't try that with me, it's not going to work. I'm going to rebuke you so hard, you've got no idea. <laughs> you know, we've got to be friends like that. I think that one of the things we need in spiritual maturity is to be a person who shows up and to have people who show up. Don't allow technology to become anything more than an assistant to who you really are, not a redefiner of who you really are. You are not your avatar. Don't get confused about that. Even me, my avatar is tall. But you're not your avatar. Don't allow it because what, <laughs> <is> what we're <laughs> sorry about that. Don't go look for it. Because what we're doing is we're losing connection on the soul and we're keeping connectivity in technology. And that's okay. Technology is a wonderful thing. I'm not anti it. I'm glad I'm born in this era. I still want to have my own little sort of Jetpack. I want to fly around from, you know, place to place someday. I want to be alive long enough to land on the moon. I like the fact that when I grew up, Star Trek imagined a piece of glass that was the computer. And now we, we literally are walking around with a piece of glass that is a computer. That's cool. I like it. I'm not a grumpy old man longing for the days we galloped along on donkeys and farmed our own potatoes. But I, I also... <laughs> I also think we're losing something. We're losing something if people aren't sure anybody supports them. You have to show up. One of the challenges of our spiritual journey is that it's personal. Faith is personal. It's not impersonal. Some things are just impersonal. I, I don't care either way. I don't care if it works and it doesn't work. I'm passionate about it to a level, but faith is personal. It's your heart. When Jesus was on his spiritual journey, uh, walking through the earth, he needed people along the way. Even Jesus, the King of Kings, needed people. John chapter 4 tells us about a time when Jesus, it's on the screen, uh, being weary of his journey, sat thus on the wall. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. Isn't it interesting that the king of kings himself on a journey may have needed a glass of water and he was happy to accept one from a woman of dubious reputation from another people group and another tribe and he was willing to say, today I need a glass of water and you've got one and tomorrow you may need a glass of water and I'll have one. And I think that to be truly spiritual, you can't lose the connectivity that on some days it's your turn and on another day it's my turn to need. And one of the most dangerous things you can be is so overly needy that you never show up for anybody else and only expect for other people to show up for you. 
Sometimes the quickest way to snap out of selfishness is to do an utterly, outrageously unselfish act. Care about somebody else. It could just shape your mindset. Secondly, the second kind of person you need in your crew, and we have one here already tonight. She's enough of this for all of us here. Lynn. You need somebody who shines up. Shines up. Let me tell you what I mean about that. You need a can-do, God is good, this is the best day of all the days. God is on the throne, shine a light. We can make this mess something magnificent. This test into a testimony kind of person. You need somebody who can shine up. Romans chapter 8 from the uh, verse 15 through 17 from the message translation is really powerful. It says this, this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid grave tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike what's next papa. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. There are a lot of people who know who he is, got no clue who they are. And then there are a lot of people who think they know who they are, got no clue who he is. But if we could put you together with who you really are and who he really is, that's power. Do you know, I, we need people who, in our crew, who are confident in the goodness of God. We've got people like that on our staff. I look forward to their company. Vincent is one such person. Enthusiastic. I think he drains the devil. I think the devil is tired. I'm like, this guy, again, smiling, singing, happy. Oh. We all know that there are some people in our lives, and we try to keep them at arm's length, safe in the arms of Jesus that suck the joy out of a day. They take the breath out of the atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't know anybody like that. <laughs> it could be you. But I just had to finish the sentence just for the sake of the audio. You know, like I'm just being that guy. So if that is true, if negative is true, is positive possible? If negative somebody takes the, the air out of the atmosphere, are there people who can breathe life into an atmosphere? Are there people who can set sail uh, to you? Are there people who can lighten the mood, take the cloud away, let the light shine? Is, the, is there a person? Are there people like that? Absolutely. We don't let darkness win. We let light overcome darkness. So you bring someone in your crew like that. In your crew like that. You've got to have people like that. The story is told of a pastor who recently took over a church and there was a woman in the congregation, a dear old lady, and she never had a bad word to say about anybody. He tried very hard to ask her to gossip about the people in the church and she wouldn't do it. She just had positive things to say. And he thought someday he's going to catch her. 
And he thought, what if I said to her, how mean is the devil? What if I said to her, Satan is terrible. Surely I'd get her to be negative. And she said, you're right, you know. But I'll tell you, he is persistent. <laughs> Even managed to find something positive to say about the way he was at work. My, my point is, I don't want to make the devil a positive character. He's not, he's a defeated one. But my point is, you know, you can't have a crew of sort of emo-depressed friends all, you know, sort of trying to find the light. You need to have some people who are the light. And then you need to be mature enough to be the light. We need people who will show up and we need people who will shine up. Do you know, there were some people on the show up one I was surprised by this. I, I, I won't go much longer. I was surprised by this. There were people who were not very regular at church before the pandemic. That when we only were allowed 50 people or 100 people, they were here every week. I couldn't, I, it, it didn't make sense to me. It's like, but Saint, I don't know you even. How are you here every week? Do you know what I found out? Because one of the guys came and sat right next to me in the front. I never met him before. Hi, hi, who are you, hi? So I asked him, never forget it, an accountant who sat next to me in the front row. I said to him, I don't understand why you're here every week. I, I seldom got to see you before the pandemic. He said, no, 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 he said, I know. I'm here to support church. I'm supporting. Churches can't close. I'm here to support. Whew. Those are show up people. And then you need shine up people. It's going to be good. God is good. And then you need some people enough in your life who will speak up. Do you know there's nothing worse than having a crew who all knows something's a bad idea, but no one has the relationship rapport with you to be able to say it. So instead of saying it to you, they say it about you. Oh. All your friends having coffee. I know you're upset. Let me just minister to you. I know you're upset. To use a John Maxwell phrase, my name is George and I am just here to help. I am your friend and I just want to help. I know you're upset that they're gossiping about you, but have you considered that sometimes they gossip about you because they don't feel they have permission to talk to you? Should I just leave that one there and move on? You're so touchy. You're as thorny as a prickly pea. But every time somebody wants to bring something up, they've got to put on the bomb squad outfit, get ready to be blocked, deleted, unfriended, unfollowed, all because they're worried about you about something. They've got to get into the fight, take casualties, half bleed to death, all because they care about you. And I want to tell you, don't go back to that nonsense you've been going back to all the time. All they got to, and in order, and so to avoid that, they get together as friends, they gossip a bit, it's wrong, don't, but they're sucking themselves up. You know, how are we going to talk to George? You've got to tell George this, you know, how are we, who's, gonna, who's going in there? Who's going to read his facial expression? If he's too angry, just back off. If he's too angry, back off. Well, eventually you'll just have no one talking to you about anything meaningful. And you'll lose one of the most powerful values of crew in your life. You know, Peter was the first guy who preached the true gospel message in Acts chapter 2. 
But Peter's also the guy who kept running his mouth off. Wherever you go, Jesus, I will go. You can't, Peter. I will. I want to wash your feet. You can't wash my feet. If I don't wash your feet, you can't follow me. Wash my feet first. Who will watch with me one hour? I will watch with you one hour, falling asleep, sleeping. Who is arresting Jesus? Give me a sword. Cut off an ear. Very prophetic, I felt. Cut off an ear because there's the man who doesn't listen. And yet, he could speak up enough with his mistakes and his over-speaking and his misunderstanding. Let us build a temple on the transfiguration. Shh, Peter, just enjoy the moment. But with all of that, the power to speak, when God touched him, he preached the first message. Could have some people who speak up. We are therefore, 2 Corinthians 5 says, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God is going to talk to you, but he's going to use people. God does give you the spirit, but he usually deposits it in somebody and asks you to fetch it. Finally, you need someone in your life or people in your life who know how to start up. Now, not to kick off. That's negative. To start up. Let me tell you what I mean. You need initiators in your life. People who will go from talk to action. Let's do something about that. You need somebody in your life. I was that person who, who had someone like this do this to me. I used to moan terribly about how as I was aging, I was, you know, becoming rounder. Oh, I'd moan terribly. Oh, this is terrible. If I just walk past KFC, I gain two kgs. If I had thought about a donut, instantly the shape of a donut. And one day, one of my gymming friends used to stay downstairs, rented an apartment from me, said, okay, cool, tomorrow morning, can we pick you up for the gym? And he cut off my talking in order to provoke action. Sometimes I think we are unspiritual because we quite like talking about it, but we don't have enough people. Okay, let's fix it. No, 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 just keep my company here. Just like you to just chat about it. I just want you to agree with me. Be careful about having yes friends who agree with you about everything. Because people like that will leave you when you're no longer entertaining to them. I want to encourage you, have some people who start things. When you say to a friend, I don't feel connected to God. You need at least one person in your crew who will say, let's pray now. Let's do it now. And they'll push through the awkwardness. I don't really, I don't feel dressed for prayer. Okay, we're going to pray now. You need someone in your crew who will do that. You know, sometimes you might have to be that guy. Eh? I'm very self-conscious when I'm in the shops. I don't like to make a scene. And I don't like to, I just sort of prefer to be quiet and just do my thing. But not so long ago, I took a, a, a drive down the garden route and I stopped over at, what's that place, the wind? 
Wind Farm? It's a wind farm, right? There's a coffee place there. And I grabbed a cup of coffee and the guy behind the counter said, Pastor George! Like, hey, that donut is not for me. I don't, I, put that, I don't know why you're putting a croissant in a box. It's not, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Anyway, I said, lovely to see you. And I said, thank you very much. I'm on my way and I'm getting a coffee. And he said, uh, really great. Actually, he said, you know, I've been meaning to, 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 to message you, to DM you. Uh, we've DM'd before. Let's uh, just ask you for a prayer, man. I'm going through this thing and that thing. I said, sure, cool, just DM me. And I got to the car and then I thought, am I really that busy today? What if I, got, I shouldn't just be this guy, start something? Went back in. Hey, you got a minute. Stand in a the corner there past the bikers. There's a lot of bikers there. Cyclists, though. Shouldn't shop like that. In spandex. And uh, then, and then, I'm just saying, it's, I found it quite awkward. And then, we stood to the side. Listen, what do, you wanna, what do you want to pray for? I think I'm here and you're here and it just feels like a moment. And we prayed a prayer. And do you know, I felt like I was doing something God wanted me to do and they felt like they were receiving something God wanted them to receive and I realized, be careful you don't just have a, a cheerleading squad around you. They cry with you when you're crying and they laugh with you when, they, when you laugh but they don't know how to get you from point A to B spiritually. They don't know how to read a verse to you, send a scripture to you, pray a prayer for you, invite you to something, break you free from something because they don't know how to start anything new. Everything happens the same way it's always happened in your circle of friends. It's just life on repeat. Do something new. I could go on. I think you have to have a coach. I think you do. There's a list of people I think you've got to have in your crew. But I want to close the service by saying, above all else, every crew must have Christ as king. Because all the other players won't know their place until the primary spot is filled. Human beings don't know they're doing it, but they're competing with each other. Everyone wants best friend and then BFF and then this and then that and ex-BFF and new BFF and all that. Do you know what? If Jesus is Lord, everybody else finds their place. If Jesus isn't Lord, it's a competitive and destructive environment. So tonight, as I close in prayer, I'm going to invite you to be sure of that role and then to have all the right kind of crew in your life. Can you say amen to that? Would you stand with me? Let's pray. There are a couple of people coming to the front to be available to pray for you in person. There's communion at those tables on either side. You can have it any Sunday during worship, before church, after church. There's a prayer card you could fill in and say, I need some prayer. And we'll pray for it uh, as a team during the week. Lots to do. And then, of course, I mean, you, you know, where else one? But I'd like to pray two quick prayers. The first is to make sure that Jesus is Lord. Have you sorted that out? And the second is that Jesus will help you build a crew. That your spiritual life will include the right spiritual connections.
That first prayer is going to simply go up onto the screen. And it's a prayer I'd like to invite you to consider praying. And I wonder if you would close your eyes for a moment before you look at that prayer. If you're here tonight and you know that that primary spot, the one, number one position, is not filled. Maybe you're in it. Or maybe somebody else was and it's come to an end or whatever. And you would like a prayer and you are praying this prayer. I'd love to just know who you are. And, and if you would just do me the courtesy, I won't ask you to come and say anything or come forward, but just raise your hand long enough for me to sit and say, you know what, I'm about to pray that prayer. Please remember me this week, tonight in the prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer and I'm going to fill the number one position. I'd just like you to raise your hand long enough for me to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Let's put that prayer up. Let's read it to together. I'll, I'll read it out loud. You read it in your heart or mumble it uh, under your breath. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and don't have a Bible, we'll give you a free Bible. And we'll invite you to give us your details so that we can invite you to an Alpha course. It's a free 10-week get-to-know-God spiritual journey. The second prayer, building a crew. Lord, would you, would you please teach us to put the right people to journey with in life? To be wise about the distance we have with people, never to be cold and too distant, but also to be wise about those who are closer, who will light the fire, hold us accountable, take care of us, show up, shine up, and speak up. Would you lead us spiritually to connect wisely? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship and thanksgiving?